T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the PGP Podcast as we get you set for WrestleMania, a two-day event this year. What better way to do it than with me, Pete the Body? We hope everybody is safe out there. Hope we can bring you some levity. As I bring in my partner for this show, Kurt Semder, who is a TV news personality and another wrestling nut like myself. <laughs> Kurt, welcome. Thank you for having me, Pete. I really appreciate it. I was so much looking forward to seeing the studio. And now instead... Uh, because of social distancing and everything that's going on, we got to do it like this. But that's okay. That's and, okay. We'll still have a good time. And we're gonna see. And we're gonna see studios coming up on Sunday and Saturday, for that matter. As this is a very unique situation for the WWE, as there was a lot of talk when the coronavirus came was coming about, and in our country, what was going to happen with WrestleMania? Tampa Bay made that call to not use Raymond James Stadium, so the WWE still insisted on doing WrestleMania. And they are on su- on Saturday and Sunday made it a two night event. Kurt, I just uh, for me, it's I'm part of me is is excited about it. It's a, it's a weekend of wrestling and just why and just I'll be into it as a wrestling nut. But the other part of it is like why couldn't they wait until the summer? Uh, Pete, I, I feel you. I'm the same way. I'm I'm trying my hardest to be excited about WrestleMania and get pumped up for this. And it's just been falling flat up until this point. And it's nobody's fault. There's nothing they could have done about it. And, you know, it gives everybody more time to think about what they could have done here. And I agree with you that postponing it might have been the best idea. But the more I think about it, I don't think they could have postponed this. I really don't think that. Yeah, I I just don't think like, you know, they talk about always the road to WrestleMania. And they talk about that from the Royal Rumble on. I feel like they were too far down the road to WrestleMania to turn back. You know, everything was already yeah. set. Everything was moving. You know, the option is if you postpone it, you've got to put everything on hold until whenever they come back. And we do, right now don't know when that is going to be. Are we going to return to normalcy in a month, two months, six months? We don't know. So you can't just put everything on hold. So I feel like WrestleMania, it, first of all, it's a show almost in name only right now. I mean, they have to get through these matches, but I feel like it's something they need to get through so that they can move forward and 
come up with a uh, almost a coronavirus plan for programming yeah, right now. I, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think the the problem with all of it is they they have big contracts with Fox and with USA. So you, at least from a television standpoint, you have to give them programming. So part of it is satisfying the networks, but you're in a, we're in a different time right now. And then when you think about WrestleMania, you don't know, like you say, you don't know if SummerSlam is going to be affected or if the other pay-per-views coming up or the other uh, big events are going to be affected. How are they going to be? Are they going to even have time to do a WrestleMania where it makes sense to do it? Are we going to be starting up things in September? We don't know. It's just no, you're right. And you're right. And we talk about these things financially. You know, financially is a big aspect for this for WWE. We look at it as fans and we go, oh, no, we want WrestleMania in front of, you know, tens of thousands of fans with the big entrances and the big spectacle. Financially for WWE, they're going to be taking a huge loss on this WrestleMania, obviously. And if they had to then lose some money on the TV contracts because they couldn't provide, you know, the live programming because they put everything on hold, now you're losing money from both pockets. And that would be a big problem for WWE, obviously, going forward. So, look, they just couldn't put the storylines on hold. You couldn't drag out the WrestleMania things for weeks to come. And now, the way I look at it, Pete, you do WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. We have whatever's going to happen there. We'll get to that in just a little bit. And now you can just build your stories going forward because I'll tell you this much. Whenever that first show is that they have, when we all come back, that's the real WrestleMania. Oh, it's gonna be that's going to be a huge show. Yeah. That's, you, could, you could rebook most of these matches and do even some new ones and have some new big spectacles, and it will be huge, whether that's SummerSlam or some new show that they name, whatever it's going to be. You, the point you could, is, you've you got to get through this weekend. Right. You can see a lot of you can see a lot of companies, not just WWE, you can see a lot of entities making a big event coming up right out when everyone's back to somewhat of a normalcy. Uh, you could see a, a major event, a new event, or even if it's SummerSlam, where you see a lot of these matches again. And I think you alluded to it. I think it impacts how these matches are booked on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't think you'll be getting results that you would have gotten if this was in Raymond James Stadium. But we'll, that will get you to already that saw we're bit. getting matches. We're, you already saw we're getting matches Pete, that we maybe wouldn't have gotten under the old thing. I mean, do you honestly believe that perhaps we would have had whatever a boneyard match is going to be? Right. Are we going to have a firefly one house match? I don't know if we would have had these matches had they not been in this format where they're not going to have a crowd Wrestle- or two nights for that matter. Yeah. WrestleMania is, is basically going to be shot as a television show and not so much a, a stay a live event. Uh, atmosphere, so uh, that's going to be something new. It's very new. It's very. I mean, even if you go back to the territory days and and the NWA and the and all the studio wrestling that that uh, um, promotions produced, uh, you never saw something like this. Uh, even even if the crowd was light, it was like ten or twenty people. This is no crowd. This is a a different atmosphere for everybody and for wrestling fans. And hey, look. No one's going to be doing anything this weekend anyway, so it's a good opportunity to try some new things. And I think the two-night thing that that we're seeing this weekend is something that they wanted to do moving forward. I I, I get the sense, because we've been to many WrestleManias, you and I, mm-hmm. that one day is not enough anymore. I think you need to have it as two days if you want to get everybody on the card. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they've, you know, WWE takes a lot of hits for maybe making the right decision in the fans' eyes, but I don't think you can have any, uh, make any fault or have any problem with the fact to make this two nights. 
Um, I've seen people online being like, oh, they're ripping off New Japan and ripping off Wrestle Kingdom. It's like, no, stop. That's not what they're doing. What they're doing is taking an eight-hour show and going into a world where we're all starving for new content and saying, why put eight or seven hours of TV of new content on one night when we can split it up on our own network and do three to four hours each night? Well, it's yeah, a I great mean, idea. It I makes mean, perfect sense. A lot of these promotions uh, piggyback off of WWE whenever they do WrestleMania. You have WrestleCons. You have all this, all these uh, promotions that run in the area where WrestleMania is. So uh, they, it's, it's twofold. It happens both ways. Yeah, and what I really like about it, Pete, is something that you know New Japan did this past year, which I think WWE might try to pull off this year, which is if somebody perhaps wrestles or performs on Saturday night, they can come back or appear on Sunday night. That's the kind of thing that we wouldn't have been able to see had you put this into a six- or seven-hour show all in one evening. Oh, of course. I, I mean, and, and if they do this moving forward and do it in a couple of years, you could see two locations hosting WrestleMania, one on one coast, one on another coast, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and that uh, that same storyline could happen, but it could be more money in their pocket, and they're going to look at it. Pete, I just the idea of having WrestleMania at one location right now is great enough to think about two would be even better. Oh, it's of course. Just such a, it's such a crazy, crazy world and crazy situation we're in right now, and you know, you feel for some of these guys and some of the wrestlers who either are going to be performing or can't perform or have chosen not to perform, or even for the fans who had the tickets who were going to Tampa. I mean, me and you, we've been to, I think we went to Orlando, uh, the Mania in Orlando. I've been to the last three. I was already going to skip this year, but right. oh man, I'm like, it's such an event and it's such an experience, and for people who this was going to be their first time, you feel bad for them that they're going to miss out on wrestlemania this year yeah especially um, if they're coming from overseas too i mean and and it just it's just a it's a different atmosphere it's not like a conventional wrestling show as you would see uh at a local arena or a local hall it, it's very different and it's just an experience it, you really go for the experience of the weekend there's the hall of fame there's nxt there's there's various access there's various events around the big event of wrestlemania and and that's going to be tough for some people. Oh, yeah. And the other part of it, Pete, you know, you think about these things where people get together and watch WrestleMania at home. The people who aren't going to the live event, you can't even do that this year. You have to obviously stay at home, keep uh, practicing these social distancing guidelines that we've got going on. And you need to watch it at home with whoever just happens to be in your house, you know, on a regular basis, whether it's your, your wife or your parents or whatever. That's who you're watching WrestleMania with. I can't call you up and say, come on over and watch. It's right. just doesn't work that way anymore this year. So it's going to be a very different show to experience in many, many different ways. Unless you want to watch on Zoom. We can all watch on Zoom together, and then that, that'll work. <laughs> oh, that, 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 re- WrestleMania presented by Zoom. Forget Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the very special edition of the PGP, WrestleMania Preview. Uh, I'm Pete Pilati along with Kurt Sender. We're previewing WrestleMania uh, coming up on Saturday and Sunday, a two-night event this weekend. And before we get to a break, uh, Roman Reigns—that's that's been a topic yeah. on, in terms of in terms of wrestlers that may not be a part of this WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, obviously, with leukemia, getting in remission of leukemia, and putting himself in harm's way if he were to be a part of this event. Yeah, and I mean, he he came out on uh, social media and said something uh, recently regarding the decision, how, you know, he said how it's so funny that people for the past couple of years have been wanting him to be off of WrestleMania, and now this year he's actually off WrestleMania for, you know, these reasons, and people are attacking him for not being on the show. So the guy can't win either way. <laughs> um, but no. he, 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 made, he made the right decision. It, obviously, it, it's oh. something for him that... 
you know, he, he's got some major health concerns that he has to be worried about. He has a, a large family that he is at home with most of the time, so he needs to worry about their protection as well. And I'm sure he's not the only one who has these kind of concerns, but he just happens to have, like we said, the, the, the major health issues that he needs to take into account. And he leaves WWE with a situation that they needed to figure out very quickly what they were going to do. And the, the speculation uh, along the Internet lines is that Braun Strowman will be stepping in for Roman Reigns. Obviously, this is not working. Oh, thanks, into- Pete. Thanks, Pete. I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's... It, that's the speculation. Now, I, I can also see WWE putting stuff out there to to fool the audience a little bit. So, I, I because these are closed set tapings. I mean, you hear one word from uh, you can hear scuttlebutt it with anything, but I I wouldn't be too surprised if it's that cut and dry. Yeah, you're right. And look, look, this could be the situation I was talking about where you have somebody who fights on Saturday night. Maybe it's a surprise person who pops up on Sunday night to challenge uh, Goldberg for a title. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do. I've been trying to avoid seeing any actual official spoilers or anything to that nature, because again, this is a show for the first time adding to the new experience, not going to be live. So <laughs> there's, you've got to really be careful out there if you don't want WrestleMania and these two nights spoiled for you. And they've kept it. They've kept it a point to keep these, to keep any scuttlebutt quiet. I mean, you're hearing about people that may not be on the show, but scuttlebutt, Pete. I like that. I like that. I, I, that's one of my go-tos, Kurt. One of my go-tos. Um, all right. So Rob Gronkowski is the host of WrestleMania, and we will talk about him and the card next. Hi, it's tech expert Katie Linendahl. You can find me regularly on the airwaves of the likes of the Today Show and Rachel Ray, or, of course, hanging with the boys at DA. And I have to say, though it's hard to narrow down, my favorite WrestleMania moment It's kind of a jacked up choice, but it's like the first one that came to mind. So that's, of course, one you have to go with. WrestleMania 9, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez outdoors at Caesars Palace. Now, of course, the match starts off with an expected, like, 42-minute Undertaker entrance. This time, he's accompanied by a vulture. And by the time the match starts, there's, of course, this back and forth between these two giant beasts in the ring. And Taker finally gets the 8-foot Gonzalez down to one knee. Harvey Whippleman now, who is accompanying Gonzalez, obviously, ringside, he distracts The Undertaker and throws the giant Gonzalez a towel. But it's not just any towel. Oh, no. The announcers are like, oh, my gosh, what's that smell? What's that smell? Well, giant Gonzalez headbutts Paul Bearer and then starts smothering The Undertaker with this towel that has chloroform on it. Again, I know this is a really odd choice. But the significance of the moment for me was as the announcer starts freaking out and they're like, there's no secret here. We have chloroform. That's so we can smell that. That's chloroform. Giant Gonzalez is smothering the Undertaker with chloroform. Undertaker wins by DQ, even though, of course, he ends up coming back in Undertaker fashion. But that is always one standout match and moment for me. Hey everyone, this is Anthony Pierno, producer update extraordinaire at CBS Sports Radio. My favorite WrestleMania moment is the I Quit match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Not only is it a legendary match, but it helped launch an entire era for the company. The Attitude Era launched a career for Austin and launched a great heel run for one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in the Hitman. I've always said Bret's my favorite wrestler. I started following wrestling in 94. Hart was the leader of the new generation. He was the top face in the company and WWF champion, so... 
Naturally, being a little kid, I gravitated towards him. I wanted the pink shades. The double turn in Chicago was great storytelling, which Brett was so good at, and led to a memorable 97 for him. He did some of his best mic work that year, and also had some classic matches. One of my all-time favorite matches is that Canadian stampede in July of 97. The electric crowd in Calgary, Alberta. Austin getting taken out in handcuffs at the end, giving the middle finger behind his back. Then you had Hart winning the title for a fifth time against Undertaker at SummerSlam, which was my first pay-per-view event that I ever attended, and of course ended with the Montreal Screwjob in November. So Austin vs. Brett at Mania 13 is my favorite because not only is it a great Mania moment, but it had a major impact on the history of professional wrestling. Hi, Evan Roberts of WFAN. I have tons of WrestleMania memories, but I'm going to give you one that really jumps out at me. WrestleMania 9... I had friends over and we bet on the matches. And for whatever reason, I don't even know why, I was confident Bret Hart was going to lose the WWF championship to Yokozuna. So the match happens. Mr. Fuji throws the salt in the eye. Yoko pins him. Yoko becomes champion. And I'm like, what? Let, let me see my money. And then, of course, that selfish prima donna. Hulk Hogan challenges Mr. Fuji, and according to the kid I bet, that changed everything. Like, for some reason, Hulk Hogan beating Yokozuna in this kid's brain made it made him think he won the bet. Well, the truth was, the bet was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. I am still uh, emotionally scarred from that moment, as is Bret Hart. Just legendary to be a part of the first ever WrestleMania. That's two nights long. And on top of it, uh, doing a little hosting with it, too. Uh, it's just an honor to be a part of it. And just to come here, especially, you know, during these tough times, it, it's something cool to give uh, entertainment uh, to the people that are at home, you know. Everyone's at home just chilling. There's no sports on it. And let me tell you, I love sports. And, and it's weird without sports. You know, whenever I'm just chilling, I want to I watch sports. That's my getaway. I love playing sports. That's why I played for so long. And uh, just watching sports now, I'm a big fan of sports and nothing's on. So to be able to give entertainment to the fans out there, uh, to give entertainment to the world, it's just spectacular. It's something just, you know, to be amazed by. And it's just so awesome that I, I'm able to just be a little part of it. And that was Rob Gronkowski, the host of WrestleMania this year. And it gets lost with everything going on that he is actually the host. And he did sign a contract with WWE. I don't know where this goes. I I can see it being a two-day thing in terms of his future, where his future is going, Kurt. But I I don't know who the person he will possibly tangle with in the future is. I mean, we don't even know who's available at this point for these cards and these matches. We don't know who's wrestling, who can fight, who, who's available, who's not hurt. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I think with, with Gronkowski, you got to be real careful. He's definitely has, you know, he's, people know he's, he's a wrestling fan. He's not just a celebrity who's in here, you know, just to do something. He's, he's grown up loving wrestling. I think they got to be very careful with him as far as don't push him too hard, too fast. Let him develop kind of, you know, a following with the fans, so to speak, or maybe become even a heel if people don't like him. Be slow with Gronkowski here. Do something fun with him like they do with, like, guest hosts at WrestleMania here, but don't do anything too much. You know, I don't want to see him be the one who fights Goldberg for the title. You know what I mean? Right. Well, 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 I mean, the last time they did something too much with a celebrity was back at SummerSlam a few years ago when Jon Stewart cost Cena the title. And that right. was, I mean, that was, I personally didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was different. I thought it was something that added to the show. 
mm-hmm. I think Gronk has a little bit more athleticism than than John Stewart did. So just a little, yeah, just a just a tad. So mm-hmm. I could see him, you know, getting a little more physical, obviously than than Stewart. But you mentioned something about being a heel, and I think as this weekend evolves, you could see him heading toward the heel route. I mean, he has that personality that's perfect for being a heel. Yeah, I mean, you got to add him to a match that needs it right now. You know, I mean, storyline-wise, Elias and Baron Corbin makes the most sense, so that would be probably be where I would think he's going to interject himself, but you never know. So it's something else to tune in for to see what they do. On a card that, to be honest, and I think we're going to get into it now, yeah. I don't know how much of a, of a possibility of surprises there really is on this card. I feel like a lot of this, you kind of know you kind of have a good feeling as far as who's going to come out on top, even regardless of the scenario and the experience that people are going to have. Well, I, th- I think I think you can get some surprises. You won't get as many as you would on a live show, obviously. Uh, but let's take a look. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. And a lot of people thought this would have been Drew's coronation as the next guy in the WWE. I don't know if that's the case. Now I can see this dragging out a little bit. Uh, where Drew gets maybe a gets screwed in this matchup, or or takes a DQ win, or 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 something where he doesn't get the belt. Yeah, I could see that being the case too. I could see that, but at the same time, I think I think it hurts Drew more if he doesn't win here. I think they've been building him so much to the point that he needs to win this at this moment. And also going forward, they need somebody to get people to tune into this, these TV shows. They need somebody to tune that people will tune in to watch on Monday Night Raw who's going to fight on a weekly basis right. or a semi-weekly basis. So, I mean, unless Brock Lesnar is going to be around to have a match here or there for the title on a random Monday Night Raw, uh, I think they have to go with Drew McIntyre. I think it's the right call. You think and so? Like I said. Because th- I'm trying I'm, – I'm kind of I'm kind of in the favor of keeping the belt on Brock and do it do it another time. I think you need I think you definitely need one strong fighting champion who's there almost all the time, especially since we don't know what's going to happen on the blue brand right now. And I doubt Goldberg is going to be the champion after this. I don't think he had planned on being around for this long or dealing with this kind <laughs> of, of a situation when they agreed to put the one he do when he got the belt in Saudi Arabia. So, look, it could go either way. And I know it's going to be tough because they'll lose that moment with Drew winning the title in front of a huge crowd and having people you know, be excited and cheering for him. But I feel like one of the things we need to see on that first Monday after Mania is Drew McIntyre come out to the ring with the belt and speak to people at home and say, I'm your champion now and I'm going to be here each and every week for you, and that will get people possibly to tune in and watch. Well, the other question, too, is how much have they been able to tape after WrestleMania, and what can they tape moving forward? But that that's something we'll get into at another yep. time. Um, we talked about Goldberg and the matchup he was supposed to have with Roman Reigns. I could see this match peaking up somewhere else down the line if Roman Reigns is not involved in WrestleMania. Uh, but Goldberg, and it looks like it'll be a Goldberg uh, Braun Strowman or Goldberg and somebody else for the title. It could be an easy, simple drop of the belt for Goldberg, putting someone else over. I don't know how where they're going to go with this, if they're just going to lay off it, or if they're just going to um, have a little bit of a competitive match. What says you, uh, Kurt? <laughs> I think if it is Strowman or if it is somebody else who has like some name recognition, I think they go over and they win the title because you can have that with the story of that person surprises Goldberg and Goldberg can, you know, come back at a later date when we're back to normal and be like, Hey, I want my, you know, my rematch or I want my shot back at the belt. And you have a a story to go with right there. I I can't see Goldberg 
being somebody at his age and with, with that work schedule of having to be in Orlando to tape shows here and there. I just don't see it. I feel like they have mm-hmm. to get the belt off of these part-timers, similar to what I just talked about with Brock, and get people who are willing to be there every week and be on shows that, because like I said, it's going to be difficult to get people to tune in and watch post-WrestleMania. Because right. right now people have been watching just to see what they're going to do leading into it. So well, now we need people to watch afterwards to see what they're going to do going forward. I, I, even though they're, they are part-time, both of them, Lester and Goldberg, two very different angles. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. If, so, if, I would say I would say Lesnar more so than Goldberg. Then in that case, could keep the belt and still be a fighting champion. I don't think Goldberg has any. I think Goldberg was here for a short term, and this is it. Right. <laughs> unless you unless you try to fool the audience, you you put the you put Lesnar over and then have him beat him on Raw, which you could do something like that. They've done that in the past. So have right. McIntyre have McIntyre fight both nights and win both belts. I don't know. You can do anything. He, he might have to. <laughs> You yeah. might have to. Um, two matches on the card that we talked about that involve the new aspect of WrestleMania in terms of the sets. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and The Fiend and the Undertaker AJ Styles Boneyard match. Both these matches have a, a, a ability to really propel who needs to be propelled, but will it happen? <laughs> Uh, I think they will happen on, in two completely different ways. I think that, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles both need to be pushed a little bit out of this. I think AJ, I don't think AJ is going to win and beat Undertaker, but I think Undertaker, as he has done for so many years, has a great way of making other people look, you know, big in losses, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this past and, week on Raw, I mean, he, he yeah. brought out his American badass gimmick along with the dead man gimmick, kind of a, of a, of a mix yeah, no, he's been, he's been very entertaining, and I think I, I'm enjoying this new character or whatever it is, whether it's a combination of his other characters. It's definitely got a personal feel to it. And like you said, with two, three to four hour shows that are all going to be from the same spot with nobody in the crowd to have something to break it up, that's going to be these gimmick matches, either a Boneyard or I don't even know what a Firefly Funhouse match is, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they pull off there. But John Cena does not need to go over Bray Wyatt again. I don't think that was the plan at all going forward anyway, so I'm sure Bray Wyatt is going to come out on top there. And I'm looking forward to seeing what AJ and Undertaker can do, because as, as pardon the pun, it is totally a clash of styles between, between those two. And every year you get, so, to, you get to see what type of shape the Undertaker is in, and uh, this will be oh, a on tape, real they test can protect for him. him. On tape, he'll look great. On tape, he's going to look great. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, but John, John Cena, if they end up putting John Cena in the victory column in this match, it really ruins everything you've done with Bray Wyatt. I, I, I don't see them doing it, but you never know with WWE. I mean, they, they tend to go with guys they're loyal to, so I I could... I yeah, could, but Pete, you, you've read, you've read, you've seen what we've seen on, on online from a lot of people. All the same people who were so upset that he lost the title in the first place to Goldberg, some of them have been appeased by the thought that he's going to go over John Cena on the show of shows. Right. So if that doesn't happen, then forget it. Forget oh, of, it. Just, of course. You know, it's over. But yeah, I'm just I saying, I'm just saying, you never know. You never know. Oh, oh you never know. This show, anything can happen in this show as far as they, they don't have to go by normal booking by any way, shape or form. <laughs> Edge made his return to WWE at the Royal Rumble with an impressive showing and then entered into a feud with Randy Orton and his former tag team partner, they battle at WrestleMania Edge's first match in the ring since in WWE since well since Royal Rumble, but his first singles match in the ring since WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. This is something that 
is the two vets, the two vets, uh, Edge getting back in the ring where it could steal the show. It definitely could. I'm going to throw this right back at you, Pete, because I want to hear your thoughts on what's going to happen in this match first, and then I'll respond. Sure. Go. Yeah, I think I think this, this story has a little more to it. I could see Orton going over in this matchup, and you see a little bit of a trilogy. Uh, it's it's one of the best things they've been doing on Monday Night Raw, and I think they need to still milk it. And I'm predicting Orton in this matchup with a continuation in this storyline. I, I think that's probably the way they're going to go. This is one of those matches, one of the few matches in the card that I'm really not sure who's going to come out on top. And I think, as we were talking about with Drew McIntyre earlier, guys who need that moment in front of the crowd and need... You, you, you can't blow off Edge's first comeback win in front of nobody. That's my opinion. Of you course. just can't. I feel like you need, and like you said, it's a perfect thing. You can have Orton. It doesn't have to be a clean win. He could win be, with, with, you know, through you know, nefarious means, through heel tactics, as JR likes to say sometimes. <laughs> and look, I, I, I think Orton going over this story, like you said, I agree. The story still has some legs. The story still has some juice. There's still some characters that we haven't even seen involved in this story. You know, I'm like, I keep every week, I'm like, where's Christian? Where is this guy? Come on. He's on backstage. Bring him in. Let's get him. So there's more people. There's more layers to the story, I feel like. So I feel like if you you go the other route and you have Edge not win this time around, I think Orton can go over. But again, if Edge wins, I got no problem with that either. I think one of the best, I think one of the best storylines or one of the best characters right now in WWE that no one is hearing about or paying attention to is Sami Zayn. His match with Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental title is probably one of the best wrestling storylines they've been doing the last few weeks, especially now when you the focus is mainly wrestling because of the studio setting. Um, I think Zayn has been an annoying heel on the mic and a guy that, that you love to hate. And I think they're going to have one hell of a matchup with Daniel Bryan. Uh, this might be another match where, where a younger guy gets put over by the vet. So uh, Daniel Bryan may not be walking out of there with the Intercontinental title, but Sami Zayn may get that rub, as some people would say. Isn't it funny we went from a situation where Sami Zayn has been on TV for months but didn't wrestle, and then here he is at WrestleMania defending the Intercontinental title against Daniel yeah, Bryan. How did it happen? And, and we're looking forward to the match big time because we know how good both of these wrestlers are. You know, <laughs> I, I think he's going to be great, and I think it's going to be a very good match, and it probably is the type of thing that can kick off one of the two nights. And I think Daniel Bryan, I don't think he's going to win, but like you said, I think he's going to make Sami Zayn look like a star. I'm thinking Sami Zayn and Nakamura from that first uh, takeover where Nakamura's debut, that kind of a match, very strong style type of match, and I think it's going to be very good. And I think Sami Zayn's going to come out on top in this one because Daniel Bryan does not need to be Intercontinental Champion again. <laughs> and, and he may not be let, around. Let, Who knows? Who knows how long he's going to be That's a very good here. point. Pete, we talked about all these matches. We got like four women's matches on this card. Oh yeah, of course. Before we get to the women's matches, uh, oh yeah, one more. No, I just wanted to say about about uh, Sami Zayn and, and Brian. Th- this match will be on the on the night where it's a lot of theatrics. So if you have a lot of the if you have the Firefly Funhouse and a lot more of the theatrical type things happening on mm-hmm. one night, you'll see this match work into that show. Because it, you need some wrestling to break it up. That just It'd be a good breakup of the smoke and mirrors. You're saying, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. Uh, before we get to the women's matchups, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. This feud has been going on since early late last year, and it basically started with Seth Rollins turning heel. This is one of those feuds that I feel like they started too soon, and they tried to get it to last all the way to Mania, and it suffered because of it. Because 
Whereas maybe three or four weeks ago, I would have been excited to see this match. By now, I'm like, eh, all right. You know, plus we've already seen this combination of these two with like other guys in matches week in and week out on Monday Night Raw, even going back to when we had fans in the stands. Very repetitive. Yes, extremely repetitive. So I feel like the one-on-one matchup, while we've seen these guys kind of interact, we haven't seen them go one-on-one yet. Yeah, there's some draw to that. And I think this is another example of what you were just saying, a solid wrestling match slash brawl in the middle of all of these smoke and mirrors. I put this on the other night of the Daniel Bryan, uh, Sami Zayn match. Um, I think it's going to be a good match. I love both guys. I think they're both very talented and I think they work well together. I'm just worried this might be the kind of match that gets lost in the shuffle. And you mentioned the three women's matchups and Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler is the match that would have, would have propelled Shayna into the spotlight on a normal stage. I don't know if they wait to do it now, but she is ready to, to launch as the next big female athlete on Monday Night Raw, and it could be at Becky's expense. I say Becky goes over in this matchup, but but they they plant the seeds for more things in the future. Of course, Becky's going to go over in this, and you know why? Because they botched Shayna Baszler on the main roster from the very beginning. She should have won the Royal Rumble. She needed that win way more than Charlotte did, but they didn't do that. So she ended up, you know, coming being an afterthought after the Rumble. Then she debuts by biting Becky Lynch in the back of the neck, which has still never been properly explained. And I now never they got have this, that. Never right? got that. And now they, yeah. And now they have this feud that I'm like, okay, it's for the title. I get it. And they're going back and forth. And Shayna Baszler, her character, as we've seen in NXT, has so many more layers to it than what they've displayed here. So, yeah, I think Shayna should go over Becky, but I don't think she's going to. I think Becky wins here, and this feud continues into the next couple of months. And this is a common theme for a lot of the matches on this card because of mm-hmm. what's going on. And, 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 and I see when you look at the whole card, wouldn't you want to have done something different? Maybe they will, and we will see it, but maybe you would change up these matches a, a bit and then do them later on, but... I don't know if they're going to do that. We'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. But um, also, and Pete, Pete, you can't. You also have to give the fans something. Yeah. You can't just push. Up, you can't look at the card and go with everything. And go okay. We're going to keep the status quo through the entire card. So I feel like some of these matches and some of these results that they were going to originally go with in front of a you know a packed house in Tampa Bay, they need to still follow through with some of that. Right. I think you'll get it in Charlotte in the Charlotte match. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Think, I think Charlotte was destined to win the NXT title, and she will. Ooh. On, on Saturday or Sunday, uh, because I, I just I, I could see this being something where rewarding the loyalty and rewarding what and making her what they want her to be, and that's a female version of her father, and and that's exactly what they're doing in this matchup, uh, and it, it'll I, I could I think it was the the plan all along from the, from the Royal Rumble on, and Charlotte, it, it, I think that's where the change will happen. The change will happen in that match. It's funny you say that because we both agree that this is the match where a moment should still happen, but we disagree on what the moment should be. <laughs> I we think do. Ray, I think I think Ripley wins this match. I think really? that's been the plan the entire time. Right now, to push her right now and make because she doesn't need. To, she's just going to defend her belt, and I think she's going to keep it, and it'll push the NXT brand, which they're obviously trying to do. Over it, a loss doesn't hurt Charlotte. It helps Rhea more so. That's my opinion. I don't think Charlotte losing this match hurts. And it, if anything, it'll push her further down the heel path that they need her to be. I think Ripley has been built for this moment where she was going to win in front of the crowd and become a big star 
in everyone's eyes and somebody that the fan who watches Raw and SmackDown now needs to watch on Wednesday nights because they want to see what she's going to do. Well, well, she has. I mean, she has. They have planted the seed for her to be uh, the next the next big star, maybe on SmackDown or, 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 or along with, with Shayna, but is it going to get lost here? That That's my question. Like this, this one might get lost. Well, I, it depends I, on I, where you place it. It depends on where you place it. It doesn't, I'll put it this way. It doesn't get lost if it's your main event of night one. It won't be though. It okay. won't be. <laughs> I, I can't, if it's not, it's not going to be a main event and all these other, other things going on. I, I can't see it being a main event. That's why I see Charlotte going over. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we want to see. There's a reason to watch. <laughs> we, we agree that we disagree, so that's that, good. That's, that's right. Good. Uh, all right. Bailey and Sasha in a, in a uh, fatal five-way. Uh, Where did Tamina come from? I thought she. I didn't even know she was still wrestling. Well, I, I think I think all <laughs> I think all of the other uh, players in this matchup are all leading to Bailey and Sasha. That's the build. That's the setup. the the whole The whole thing with Sasha will be when does the friction start? It start well. It'll start here at WrestleMania, but will lead to her winning the the title. I don't see it. I can see it going a little longer moving on into maybe the summer months. But this is a big start of a build for Sasha as the top dog. Uh, I agree. And I also think, like you said, this match is about Bailey and Sasha. And this is, I feel like this is one of those matches where we're going to see the two friends working together most of the match. And then we're going to get to that moment where people think that Sasha is going to turn on Bailey. And then the swerve will come that Bailey's going to swerve. Bailey's going to turn on Sasha and further make herself into this, you know, new character that she has. And she's not going to be felt, you know, we've seen for months how Sasha gets the upper hand on her back in the day. And over the months, this is going to be the little switch. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, we're going to set up that storyline here of, of Sasha chasing Bailey and give us again, something else to watch in the next couple of months. I think Bailey retains here though. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see the payoff right now. I see the payoff, right. like we said, down the line. Um, you look at the whole card, there's something that's sticking out to you that we haven't talked about that you could see happening. Um, something I'm, that I said, mm, I'm putting mm. you on the spot. I, I have mine. I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you mine first. Go with, uh, mm-hmm. Otis. I think this might be a little bit of a step up for Otis. He'll go against Dolph Ziggler, but I can mm-hmm. see this character developing a little more into a next level type character after WrestleMania. Uh, he's had a lot of popularity and I, I can see Otis being onto a next level after WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely possible. Uh, I know the fans obviously have been very much into the Otis and Ziggler and Mandy Rose storyline, so I'm sure they're going to be very invested in whatever they do there. And that's another story where a lot of that stuff's been backstage segments anyway. So if you do that in front of nobody, it's not going to really hurt too much. Of course. People at home can still react, and they'll still get the social media reaction they were looking for. I guess if I had to go, I'd probably go with one of the tag team title matches. Namely, you know, you never get a bad match out of the New Day and the Usos. And Miz and Morrison also. I mean, you got good good guys all the way in that match. That's probably a great potential for a show ceiling match i mean just look kofi kingston what a difference a year makes obviously and yeah, <laughs> back course. to where he was now back, but look, back, to I, tag I, teams. back to the tag teams but i think i think that's got a potential and i think that's another one of those matches where whoever wins i have no problem with whoever wins that match i feel like new day and usos are going to be great in that match and Miz and morrison would be the type to keep retaining because they obviously just started their t- their title run but i think there's a lot of good matches here all the way across the board, Pete. And if we have time to talk about it real quick, I'll put this put this to you. What's the main event on each night for you? How do you put it? 
Well, I think I think on the um, I think there have to be title matches on both nights. I I could see Drew if if, if Drew Matt. This is a, where the card placement comes into play. If McIntyre mm-hmm. is going to win the title, it's going to be a main event on one of the nights. If he's not, it's going to be lower on the card. I, I I can't see him winning the title on a Saturday in, in the middle of the show. It's going to be the main event. So I can see Drew McIntyre and Lesnar on one of the nights if McIntyre goes over. Uh, I also could see, I'm going to throw this out there, Edge and Orton being a main event. I could see that just as a different change of pace. I could see them going to the vets and going to what's loyal to their company, and I could Mm -hmm. see that being a main event. Or one of the women's matches, depending upon what the outcome is. I think a lot of it has to do with the outcomes and, and, and not so much which match is better than the other. So I, I could see, I agree. I, I could see the women's one of the women's matches headlining the, uh, the show, maybe not the Bailey match, but I could see the Becky Lynch match or the Charlotte match headlining the show or edge and Orton or. So clearly you mean, you're, you clearly you mean the Kabuki warriors against Alexa Bliss uh, and Nikki Cross. Absolutely. That's the main event. One yes, night. I mean, 100%. <laughs> that, that's not, that's going to be, that could be a show stealer too, but you know, I don't know who, which players are involved in that match. That, those are the reports that are out there that some right. wrestlers are not on this show. So, I mean, you can't really get into it as much unless you talk about the guys that they have announced already. So you almost have to tune in to see who actually gets the fight and who doesn't. I'm going to tell you this real quick, Pete. I think you have. I think you're onto something there with one of them being a male main event and one of them being a female main event. I think the easiest way to do it is kind of what I suggested earlier. Mm-hmm. You just go with the Royal Rumble winners, and I go Saturday night. You go Ripley and Charlotte for the belt, and I go Sunday night. You go with Drew and Brock for the belt, and you just keep it that simple. And you push the card around like that. Edge and Orton, I would see, would be a good Saturday night main event. I'd be all for it. Right. Becky and Shayna Baszler, I could see as a main event. I'd be all for it because Becky is that big. But I think you go with Charlotte on one night, you go with Brock Lesnar the other night, and I think you're set and you're fine. You can see, I can see Edge and Orton as an opener too. I mean, it's strong enough to be a good main event. It's also strong enough to be a good opener too. And you also, like you said, we don't, you don't need an opener that's going to get the crowd excited because there's no crowd. So you could stack this card any different way you, that we've seen in many, in years past. This is, you cer- got to almost, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do this. It's certainly going to be a different WrestleMania two night event coming up this Saturday and Sunday. Kurt Semder, thank you very much for joining us and thank you for being a part of this podcast. Um, and we'll talk soon. My pleasure, Pete. I hope we get to do it again sometime, and I hope everybody out there enjoys WrestleMania. It's going to be a fun show and finally something to watch. Enjoy WrestleMania, folks. We'll talk to you soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.